You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. If you're in trouble and you need someone to help you out, there's no need to whistle and there's no need to shout. Hey, 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 help is on its way. Call the Kowada Brothers, call the Kowada Brothers, call the Kowada Brothers, call the Kowada Brothers, help is on its way. <laughs> well, hello and welcome back to the Varmint's Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. My name is Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. Again? Yeah, not again. I, I, uh, I also failed to become an animal expert <laughs> once again. Hey, we're going to talk about koalas today. Yep, we sure are. Yeah. But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Donna and I, we are recording today's episode in the middle of summer, and it is hot. And mm-hmm. when it gets hot, it's only natural to want to try to cool off in a pool or at the beach or somewhere. Maybe you just even want to duck in somewhere that has air conditioning for a few minutes. And that's what a koala did to a man in South Australia. Tim Whitrow was visiting a vineyard. He had his dog with him, and he left the windows rolled down and the air conditioning running in the car for the dog's comfort. He got out, and when he got back, a koala had gotten into the back seat of his car. (laughs) G'day, mate! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So here now, for your listening pleasure, is two minutes of an Australian man trying to get a koala out of his car. Nice. When you leave your car doors open in a vineyard... Um, koalas <laughs> jump into your car and your dog's really curious so we're going to go let him, let him go uh, oh that's sweet some bit of scrub uh, in, a, in a, another client's property uh, at the back of their vineyard and I'm going to try to get the little guy out of my car but he just does not want to come out come on mate can I get you to come out of my car please Come on. It's alright, I'm not gonna hurt you. Come on. Do you want some water? You a bit thirsty? You want some water? Hey? Come on. I don't I really need you to get out of my car. <laughs> so nice. Hey buddy. Do you wanna go out the other side now? Oh you're gorgeous. Okay, I'm not trying to hurt you. Don't bite me. <laughs> Come on, let's hop out the car. Can you go the other way? Go, go that way. No, 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 no. No, not up the front. <laughs> Can you please? Come on, hop out the car. I know it's nice and cool in here with the aircon. No, no, don't go up the front. Oh, man. <laughs> no, 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 don't climb up there. Mate, what are you doing? 
please. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey. Hey, come on. Out the other way. No, 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 no. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Look. You're making this really tough. Come on, buddy. You're tearing up my dash. Go. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so the little koala got away. He scampered off into the brush, but not before clawing up the guy's dashboard, as you heard. We'll put the little video on YouTube for you to watch for yourself. It's really adorable. That's funny. That's what happens when you take all their habitat, bud. Sorry. That's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like you're actually living in Koala Town. You just parked your your car in Koala Town. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, they're not smart, but they know how to cool off. <laughs> they're like, there's a cold air in here. What are you doing, man? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, here's a reminder, guys. Go to blazingcariboustudios.com for links to our audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at Podcast, all one word. And at at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We run a Pinterest board for every show. The link to that is at the bottom of the show notes on each episode. And if you want Varmint's merchandise, go to tpublic.com and put in Varmint's podcast to their search engine and you will find our stuff. If you like our show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We're everywhere that podcasts are found and word of mouth is a very best way to help us grow and today we need to remind you that if there's an animal that you want to hear us talk about and you haven't heard it yet or you know look in our catalog if we haven't done it yet go ahead and send us an email or facebook or twitter or whatever and suggest that animal and we will put it on the list absolutely yeah and there's about a two to four week turnaround on those requests so just give us a little time and we'll get around to it yeah well that's sometimes much longer than that it just kind of depends but it just kind of depends <laughs> yeah but we'll definitely tell you when we're gonna do it there's a lot of animals you know what you're not gonna hear on this podcast uh commercials for mattresses commercials for mattresses and books and and food boxes and and all kinds of stuff because we are listeners supported through patreon we have patreon supporters that give us a little bit of money every month to pay for hosting and merch and all kinds of other good stuff and we do appreciate it patreon.com slash varmints is where you can go every person that gives us money from a dollar to however much you want to give gets a little reward and we do appreciate your support through Patreon, patreon.com slash varmints. Yay! All right, well, let's go talk about koalas. Hey! Hey! Let's hey. go get educated on some animals. Let's I know you want to. do that. <laughs> I totally do want to. <laughs> Today we are getting educated on koalas. Koalas are marsupials that are native to Australia. Yes. They are not bears. That's important no, to point out. No, not bears. They are arboreal, meaning that they spend the majority of their time in trees. Koalas are very recognizable with thick grayish fur, a tailless body, two to two and a half feet long, 60 to 75 centimeters, a protuberant curved black nose, and large furry ears. Scientists often refer to a male koala as a buck 
and a female as a doe, and a baby koala is called a joey, just like a kangaroo. They call him a bub in Australia. Oh, really? A bub? Yeah. Bub like just means baby. I don't think it's koalas especially, but I've seen Australian koala researchers on documentaries and stuff call the babies bub. Australians have such cool words for things. Don't they? I They're love the it. Best. They're the best words. <laughs> Australian Varminians, you guys are the best. We you are. Your words. There is no collective noun for a group of koalas. That's not surprising. Yep, they're pretty solitary, so, and they don't migrate. Go ahead and invent one, a collective noun for a group of koalas, and tell us what you come up with. Yeah, I think it should be a koala-lition. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, we invented it. That's it. That's the podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. The word koala is thought to have come from the aboriginal word meaning no drink. Right. Even though koalas do drink water on occasion, most of their hydration requirements are fulfilled by the moisture they get from eating eucalyptus leaves. But I guess the uh, aboriginal Australians didn't watch them drink all that much, so they called them a koala. When Europeans first came to Australia, they thought that koalas looked like bears, so they were often called koala bears, and that name has stuck around to this day, and it is inaccurate. Koalas are definitely not bears. They are marsupials, and their correct name is koalas. Nice marsupial you got there. (laughs) Thanks. It has pockets. Interesting you say that because the koala's proper genus and species name is Phascolarctos cenarius, I practiced, which means pouched bear in Latin. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that is awesome. So I was going to talk today a little bit about what koalas eat. They eat eucalyptus leaves, as probably you already know, but I bet you didn't know that eucalyptus leaves are full of poison. (laughs) Poisonous molecules. Almost nothing else can eat them. I can't think of a single thing, and I wasn't able to find anything in research that actually eats these things, except for koalas. In the bid to find out what is going on with their genetics that makes it that they can eat these things, a team of geneticists have started to sequence the koala genome, or they they did sequence the koala genome. So they wanted to find out, you know, how all this works, because koalas evolved to get rid of toxins quickly so that they won't get sick. And the leaves are also very low in calories, so they have to spend like 22 hours a day comatose because they (laughs) they just (laughs) don't have a lot of energy, right? But the scientist heading up the research in this is Rebecca Johnson. She's a conservation geneticist. She works for the Australian Museum in Sydney, and her team discovered that the part of the koala genome that codes for detoxifying proteins is about twice as large as in other animals. The researchers hypothesized that this section of genes accidentally duplicated itself at some point long, long ago, And when that happened, evolutionary pressure possibly pushed the bonus genes to do more, making the koala's detoxification system better and more efficient at cleaning out the toxic molecules in eucalyptus. In eucalyptus. (laughs) Eucalyptus. What is that? It sounds like a diet, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) 
Want to die of toxic chemicals? Try eucalyptics. Um, so Miriam Schiffman, a researcher who's now at MIT, studied and who studied the way koalas' gut biomes, uh, microbiomes, help them process eucalyptus, points out that this is a coevolution thing, where the eucalyptus makes a bunch of poisonous chemicals to prevent the critters eating them, and then the koala evolves better and better ways to eat them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's the war between the, the koala and the eucalyptus? The team also figured out some stuff about how koalas choose which leaves to eat. They sniff the leaves. You can, look, you can see this on videos of koalas. They'll sniff the leaves before they eat them. And then they only eat some of them and reject others. And it's always been thought that they're able to figure out how poisonous or not each leaf is based on the smell. And this turns out to be true. That was a proven hypothesis. The parts of the genome that control the koala's smell organs, they have a lot of extra genes in there to help them differentiate between the minty, medicine-y fragrance of the leaves. So if you've ever smelled eucalyptus, you can imagine, you know how strong it smells? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, they can totally tell, like, the difference between one eucalyptus leaf and another. Like, that one's got way too much poison in it, so I guess I will eat the one with less poison. <laughs> huh. But it's pretty interesting, and I'll post the National Geographic article. We'll put that in our show notes so that you guys can read the whole article. It is pretty interesting stuff. Cool. Yeah. I was going to talk about the koala's fur today. They have such nice fur. Really nice fur, and it looks soft. Yeah. And apparently it's not soft. It's not very soft thick and woolly and scratchy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that that thick water-resistant coat of fur protects koalas from both hot and cold conditions as well as moisture from rain. So you just mentioned that the koala's diet of eucalyptus leaves is kind of a terrible low-calorie, no low-nutrient diet. So it's very, very important for the koala to keep their core body temperature constant. Right. And they literally need every single solitary calorie that they can get so that they can keep foraging. Right. Koala fur is also waterproof to help out with that. Koalas also prefer to sleep on their backs with their white bellies facing outward, and that white fur helps minimize the amount of heat that is absorbed into the koala so that they don't burn any unnecessary koala, uh, calories. Mm -hmm. Koalaries? Koalaries. <laughs> <laughs> because this fur has so many wonderful qualities, it became popular with humans, and between 1888 and 1927, at least 8 million koalas were killed for their fur. Oh so, gosh. can you imagine, like, eight people just did not understand doing anything sustainably back in the oldie times? Well, if they I, mean, found I think a they figured that there was enough... But they didn't understand habitat encroachment and, Ugh. you know, like it yeah. probably wasn't really a huge problem until the modern era when habitat loss is like the biggest problem for pretty much every wild animal. But uh, I don't know. It just seems it's a, you know how we feel about that issue. Like there's no need, you don't need to wear animal fur. So, you know, yeah, no, you just don't eight, need it. <laughs> eight million koalas, which means that at one time Australia was just teeming with koalas Just covered in koalas they certainly aren't now so no not at all and so uh, koalas actually had to be reintroduced to parts of southern australia and a little island called kangaroo island 
The scientific community can't decide if there are two or three subspecies of koalas or if there are any subspecies at all. So right now, two subspecies are generally recognized. Uh, there's a northern subspecies and a southern subspecies. There's an intermediate subspecies that is kind of in dispute. The reason there is this debate is because of what scientists can agree on. Mm -hmm. The main differences are that koalas in the south are quite a bit larger than those in the north, and they also have thicker, fluffier, and often darker and sometimes brown fur. And they have most likely adapted in this way because the winters in the south are a lot colder than they are in the north. Okay. So the koalas in between fall somewhere in between these two different sets of characteristics. So there's kind of this sort of gradient from north to south from tan to brown so they're just kind of not sure if that makes it an actual subspecies or correct yeah okay well yeah. the concept of a species is pretty squishy anyway so um... yeah and especially so with the koalas so right right yeah and a couple of other notes about their fur the fur on their rump has evolved as padding because yeah. the can the koala continually sits on hard wooden branches, so they have a little built-in cushion back there. And older koalas begin developing dreadlocks in the fur on their butts. And they have a lot of cartilage there, too. A lot of cartilage in their butts. So. A lot of butt cartilage? Yeah, butt cartilage. They got a built-in uh, cushion. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The frame is cartilage, and then the padding is fur. Disclaimer time! The Varmint's podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence. But then, Donna and Paul only have the yardstick of themselves, so they're going to do it anyway. He sounds so sad. <laughs> well. They're going to do it anyway. I'm very sad for koalas because apparently they're not very smart. Yeah, well, they don't need to be smart. Yeah, they don't need to be smart. I ran across an article on Quora, which is a place where people can ask questions and sometimes experts will answer. And it's a, it's a pretty nice little resource to have. And somebody asked the question, has an animal ever evolved to be less intelligent in order to survive? Mm, and it might be the koala, huh? And it might be the koala. There was a geologist that answered and he said that a koala's diet is terrible and it has to spend most of its day eating leaves, which you mentioned. Doesn't require very much intelligence. Because a koala cannot spare a single calorie, their brains have wasted away to almost nothing. Koalas have the smallest brain-to-body size ratio of any animal. And we know that brain size doesn't mean much as far as intelligence, but a koala's brain is smooth. Our brains have wrinkles, a lot of animal brains have wrinkles these brains are really really smooth and the wrinkles in a brain increase the surface area for neurons and that increases your kind of learning power and problem solving power and he says your graphing calculator has more processing power than a koala brain but they have survived where other ancient koala species haven't so mm -hmm. they got that going for them and by the way even though he's a geologist his answer was upvoted by two people, one with a PhD in biology and another one with a PhD in evolutionary biology. So they kind of signed off on his very, very long paragraph, which I've just kind of summed up to say that uh, koalas are big dum-dums. And yeah. if you have a captive koala and you try to feed it 
like eucalyptus leaves, they will they won't eat it. They'll starve. You have to tape the leaves to the tree, or, yeah. or fix the leaves to the tree so that they'll actually eat them. Well, that might not be having anything to do with intelligence. It just might be that they don't smell right when they're that way. I mean, you don't know, right? So you don't know, but I also watched a koala try to climb a tree on a mural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> That, again, tells you about their visual apparatus. And it, I think it's important that we separate being really human and snide about how smart we all are, which I, this is the part of the animal intelligence thing that bugs me. And, and remember that the way something looks to an animal isn't the way that it looks to you. And it's not necessarily indicative of intelligence that they would mistake a painting of a tree for a tree. So you don't know. You don't know what their vision is like. I don't. I don't know what their vision is like. So I, I would assume that's not anything to do. It might to do with intelligence, but it sounds more like a, just I'm not evolved to have this mural thing in my environment. But this thing looks like a tree. So maybe I'll try to climb it. <laughs> like, I don't know. So I'm not know. terribly proud of my own intelligence either. Well, yeah. No. Well, yeah, for sure. I was calling them koala bears until two weeks ago. Hmm. You didn't know they weren't bears till two I, weeks ago? I swear to God, I didn't. And that's also not to do with intelligence. Technically, that's just about to know with facts, like what you actually know. So that's, Okay. Yeah, that's two different, again, two different issues. But but uh, yeah, sure. they're, they're not as smart as, where would we put them? I don't know. I gave myself a five for calling them <laughs> koala bears, and I gave koala bears a two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor little guys yeah they're probably like two or three yeah they're cute little dum-dums they're smart enough to figure out where the eucalyptus leaves are and that's all they needed to figure out so i don't know what you're so proud of yourself about <laughs> oh I'm, I'm not you knew where to you didn't know where to find the eucalyptus leaves i bet <laughs> <laughs> no they but they outcompeted all the other uh koalas so Basically, that's all they needed. So That's all they needed. Yeah, there was no pressure to do anything else. So. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Three or four on our dumb scale that's so anthropocentric, it's almost embarrassing. But yep. Yeah, but it's fun. People like <laughs> it, it when we fun. talk about it. It is fun. It's silly, but it's fun. We're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that tone is so perfect for just like I disappointment. Know. Like, you're going to talk about it anyway. You're like, oh, here we go it again. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to talk about koalas. I almost said koala bears. Straight up, I almost said koala bears. We're going to talk about koalas and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after this. <laughs> hey, Tofa, I was doing an etymology search because, well, who needs a reason? Turns out watch comes from the Proto Germanic word watchin, meaning be awake. Interesting if true, Billy. So our podcast, We Watched a Thing, really just means we stayed awake for something. Uh, yeah, or at least most of it. Well, <laughs> having been awake is about all the credentials we can really lay claim to when it comes to talking about movies. Speak for yourself, I've got legit IMDB credit. Well, all the visual effects experience in the world doesn't change the fact that you found passengers so emotionally touching that you cried. Oh yeah, taste guidelines from the cameraman who likes Jedi more than Empire, really? Ewoks are the best. Are they? Yes. Yes. And if you, dear they listener, are. feel there aren't enough semi-informed cinematic opinions <laughs> in your life, then a weekly dose of We Watched a Thing is for you. We Watched a Thing. We stay awake in everything. Find us at wewatchedathing.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else good podcasts are found. 
Ewoks are amazing. They but are. Jedi, the but best. Empire's still better than Jedi. So. I agree. Yeah. I Both agree. things are true. Well, this here's Animal Rancher and Expert at Large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games. My pop culture pick this week was a listener request. Yeah, if we haven't talked about an animal yet and you want to hear us do the pop culture thing on that animal, you can request that. You can tell us at barmanspodcast.gmail.com and we will do it. So Anna wanted to make sure that when we did an episode about koalas, we talked about Blinky Bill. Okie dokie. Have you ever heard of Blinky Bill? No. Neither did I until a couple weeks ago when I was still calling them koala bears. Blinky Bill is a koala who was created by author and illustrated Dorothy Wall. He was first introduced to audiences in the 1930s through a series of children's books. Dorothy Wall wrote and fully illustrated all of the stories, and The Complete Adventures of Blinky Bill is considered a quintessential Australian children's classic, and the title has never been out of print in Australia. Wow. Yeah. Many of the stories in the Blinky Bill adventures are about nature and wildlife conservation, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Bill is known for his mischievousness and his love for his mother. His friends include his stepsister Nutsy, a kangaroo called Splodge, a platypus called Flap, a marsupial mouse called Marsha, and Mr. Wombat. In general, he does things that are realistic for koalas as well as things that child readers would like to do themselves. Right. So, you and I... A lot of people listening in North America may have never heard of Blinky Bill until right now. I didn't know, like I said, who he was until I started researching this episode. So aside from the books that are still being sold, there was a 1990s film that has generated almost three and a half million in gross receipts in Australia, New Zealand, and a lot of Europe. The 1990s Blinky Bill TV series is still on the air in Australia, and it regularly rates in the top 20 children's programs on ABC TV here 20 years later and here is the theme song for that cartoon <laughs> this is the story of blinky bill and flap and nutsy too and wombo rough and marcia and sports the kangaroo now they all live in green patch town as happy as can be with friends and neighbors all around the same as you and me but it's not always fun and games for Blinky and his crew. Disasters shouldn't happen, but alas, they sometimes do. There's mysteries and secrets out there amongst the trees. And nobody needs enemies when you've got friends like these. Hey, hey, Blinky Bill, you'll never catch him standing still. Like this pretty boring till you've met Blinky Bill. Hey, hey, Blinky Bill, our cheeky mate from Green Patch Hill. If you don't know him, you soon will. Good old Blinky Bill So come and see what happens next to Blinky and his friends But ten to one you'll never guess the way the story ends Our little mischief maker, the one who never fails Enjoy his great adventures in these new exciting tales Hey hey, Blinky 
Blinky Bill, you'll never catch him standing still. Life is pretty boring till you've met Blinky Bill. Hey, hey, Blinky Bill, now cheeky mate from Green The first Blinky Bill CGI feature film happened in 2015, and that made a big pile of money in, again, in Australia, New Zealand, and Europe. And they had a CGI television series that began in 2016. So, yeah, Blinky Bill, very, very charming and delightful. You can see a lot of the old TV show uh, on YouTube. I don't know if you can get the movie here in North America, but it's certainly available on the other side of the world and uh, super, super popular and and just looks really nice. Well, I don't know if it would do well in an American market, but no American show executive would let that theme song go as is because it's way too long. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I only played half of it. I know. Like, dude, that's not a cartoon theme song. That's like, that's a section of a whole cartoon. <laughs> like, oh, it's funny. <laughs> half the show. the theme, It's like the theme song, five minutes of show, and then credits. Yeah, for real, right? Like, wow. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about the song that we heard at the beginning of the show. Yet another koala cartoon. There was a koala cartoon called The Koala Brothers. It's an Australian-British stop-motion animation children's television show that features adventures of two koala brothers named Frank and Buster. And uh, they help out their neighbors in a sleepy town in the Australian outback. A notable quality of this TV series is that although there can be differences of opinion and occasional instances of antisocial or thoughtless behavior, there are no villains or disagreeable characters. Rather, the emphasis is on helping and being a good friend. It originally aired on ABC Kids. The show later aired on CBeebies in the United Kingdom, having premiered on 16th of February 2004, and on Playhouse Disney in the United States, as well as other international stations. They aired reruns on Disney Junior from 2012 to 13. In 2011, Reliant K re-recorded the theme song for the show for Disney Junior live on stage. (laughs) Yeah, so the characters are like Frank the Koala. He pilots an airplane. Buster the Koala sits behind him in the airplane and uses his telescope to spot friends in trouble. Um, And then there's Mitzi the Possum. And Ned the Wombat, George the Turtle, Toodle? George the Turtle, he's the local (laughs) mail carrier. And then there's Sammy the Echidna and Josie the Kangaroo. And basically they have like every animal, every fun animal in Australia has a representative character on this little show. And uh, yeah, go check it out. It's really cute. Cool. Yeah. Yep. You can always count on children's shows when there's not a a superhero or a video game or Anything else? And koala, there's no koala superheroes. I checked. <laughs> no. What What would a koala superhero do? You know? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Not much. It would be immune to poison. There you go. And that's it. <laughs> and that's, that's it. Their, <laughs> that's their superpower. <laughs> if If there's ever a time, you know, they're like in the Aven- the Avengers interview room. So what is it? What does it do? Well, I'm immune to poison, mate. Because he's Australian. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, that's good. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried the Justice League? <laughs> <laughs> they can defend themselves, though. Koalas can. They're not slow like sloths. No, no, they, no, not at they all. They will yeah. 
tear you up. So it, he would have some defensive skills, but he would also be sleeping 20 hours a day. Well, what's really sad is the males will scrap with each other over territory. Um, and it's sad because they're cute when they do it. I mean, they can really hurt <laughs> each other. They don't most of the time. Most right. of the time, the less the less you know successful male just kind of backs off before anything really bad happens most of the time but when they do scrap they they growl they're like they're so cute they're little they're like oh my gosh you're so cute so so what you're saying is that if a koala superhero were awake and he was you know he, he couldn't get envenomated envenomated he couldn't he wasn't he couldn't get poisoned mm-hmm like, he would be able to fight, but nobody would take him seriously because he'd be too cute. Yeah, it's like me, like being a short a short, pers- <laughs> a short woman. They're like, oh, you're so cute when you're angry. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> it drives, drives you crazy. Oh, no. It's also true, right? <laughs> uh, so, hey, are you going to eat that? no josh (laughs) so i was thinking earlier today that there used to be eight million koalas in australia and if 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 there were eight million koalas i there's nothing appetizing looking about them Mm -mm. like they just there's and i've and i'm a guy who has eaten scorpions i've done it on camera i've eaten scorpions and i would not like, there's just nothing appetizing looking about a koala. Mm-mm. No. And they eat poison all day. And they eat so. poison all day. So, yeah. <laughs> so, not okay. in the food box. No. Nope. No. Okay. Well, that was easy. F- they aren't in the food box, and their food isn't in the food box. There's nothing about them that's anywhere <laughs> near the food box. <laughs> Is your brain a repository of useless information? Well, let's help everyone win that next trivia night, or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the Animal Fact of the Week. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. Some time ago, there were several headlines that declared that the koala was functionally extinct. Hmm. So what does that mean? Because there are still koalas in Australia. Yep. The Australian Koala Foundation, which made the announcement, said that there were 80,000 koalas left in the wild. And it's hard to say exactly how many koalas are in Australia, but they we do know that they are highly vulnerable to threats like deforestation, disease, and the effects of climate change. And once a koala population falls below a critical point, uh, it can no longer produce the next generation, and that leads to extinction. So they're, they are functionally extinct and that term can describe a few bad situations. And in the koala's case, functionally extinct can refer to a small population that is suffering from inbreeding, and that can threaten its future viability. And koala populations in urban areas are suffering in this way. There is reduced genetic variation. So you get koalas that are inbred, they have health problems, and they don't they don't they can't live long enough to make little koalas. The most serious of these problems is lack of habitat. When it becomes functionally extinct, there has to be something done about it because that leads to actually extinct. Did you get into any of the stuff that's being done about it? There are a lot of different 
conservation efforts that have been around, some of them for over 10 years now, that are helping the koalas thrive. They're trying to do census, like they're trying to count the koalas, but it's really, really hard because their distribution isn't really widespread. The koalas, they don't really migrate or move very far. So the Australian Koala Foundation said that there were 80,000 koalas left, but it's so patchy. So over a huge area, you're going to have hundreds of very, very small breeding populations here and there. So you're going to have these little pockets of koalas. And that makes them really, really hard to count. So in 2016, a panel of 15 experts determined that there were a little more than 320,000 koalas in the wild. So anywhere between 80,000 and 320,000. Well, and that's countrywide, right? So Countrywide, yeah. Yeah. With an estimated average decline of 24% over the past three generations and the next three generations. So we don't know exactly how many koalas are left, but we do know that they are on the decline. Like I said, there's a lot of conservation efforts going on to help the koalas. The IUCN has listed koalas as vulnerable for now. They aren't endangered yet. Well, I wanted to add just two small things that are related to that that I found out during the course of my research was, number one, and this will be interesting to, I talked to Dr. Seth about this, just, just discussed it briefly with him, because he's an urban wildlife ecologist, that in areas where koalas are living in suburban zones, um, they have developed these underpasses and stuff to help them get to each other without crossing highways. And so they put up cameras to see if any of them were actually using the underpasses. And the answer is yes, they Yay, are. Yay, good. Yay. So koalas are using the underpasses as well as a lot of other wildlife too. So, um, so they are using them. And the minute they can... So they're smart enough to figure out to use the underpass instead of the highway. So. All right. Yeah. And then the other thing was that the genetic inbreeding in the population that these people were studying, and I'll try to find the name of the documentary and and put it in the show notes, but the population they were studying they found was not as inbred as you might expect because it turns out the cheater males are getting more babies than the alpha males might actually prefer. So the, the ladies are going off with the with the non-alpha sort of roaming around males uh, quite a bit more than anybody suspected. So, Very cool. Yeah, so those two things might be of help to the whole uh, population all over the country. I don't know. I don't know if they have underpasses everywhere where that's happening, but and certain populations might have, you know, genetic problems worse than others. Maybe they were already genetically stressed to begin with, but... Yeah, so there's a couple of two little positive things on the horizon. It's not a great picture, but uh, not a rosy picture, I should say, but it's not, you know, not as bad as it could be, I guess. That's that's better news. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. It's not, not great, but it's better. So. Cool. Yeah, because it's habitat loss is the main problem, so. Ah, poor little guys. Well, I thought that I would end uh, by just throwing out a really weird, fun little fact there. Did you know that koalas have human-like fingerprints? No, I did not know that. (laughs) Yes. They have weird little feet and hands, but do they have fingerprints? Yep, they have fingerprints that are almost identical to human ones. And usually not even careful analysis under a microscope can easily distinguish between their fingerprints and our own. No kidding. 
Yeah, no, wow. no, it's not. It's completely true. And if you look at the here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post the article for you in Slack so that you can look at it. But so you can, I just want you to look at the fingerprint so you can see what I mean. Oh, look at that! Isn't that incredible? No way! That's a, that's a fingerprint. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Yes. So the koala's on the left and the human's on the right, but the human one you can tell was taken with ink. It's a nice one that was done in a laboratory, not a crime scene one. Your, your ones that are crime scene ones will look a lot more like the one on the left. Kind of huh. smudgy and all over the place. That is so cool. But the clue to why this happens is in our shared way of grasping. Koalas feed by climbing vertically onto the smaller branches of eucalyptus trees, the scientists say. And they reach out and they grasp handfuls of leaves and bring them to their mouth. Therefore, the origin of fingerprints is best explained as a biomechanical adaptation to grasping, which produces multi-directional mechanical influences on the skin. And these forces must be precisely felt for the fine control of movement and static pressures and hence require orderly organization of skin surface. So therefore, animals that must grasp will do better if they have fingerprints or, uh, or more defined fingerprints than animals that don't. So that's why we have fingerprints, that the, the ones who didn't have as many as good of fingerprints didn't survive and the ones who did, did. So, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah. And we'll put that article in the show notes so you can see a koala fingerprint and a human fingerprint side by side. It is yep. amazing. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty pretty interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Koalas turn out to be pretty interesting little guys. Yes, they are. Well, thanks everybody so much for listening today. Our podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by the wonderful Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Chris Brayton, Josh Hallmark, and Stacy and Frosty. Brisky Cawthon is our koala wrangler. It's time for the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat who is eight years of age or younger that wants to be on our podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at farmanspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on our podcast. So, who do we get to hear from this week? This week, I managed to wrangle two kids who are almost as cute as a couple little koalas, maybe even <laughs> cuter, and those are my nephews, Lucas and Grace, and they have something to say about koalas. Nifty. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Uncle Paul. What do you know about koalas? They're slow, they climb cheese, they, they kind of are like pandas. Yeah, they are kind of like pandas. Mm-hmm. Do they? I think they eat bamboo, too. They, they eat uh, eucalyptus leaves, but that's close. Pandas eat a lot of bamboo, and koalas eat a lot of leaves. And sometimes they hang from trees and sleep on the trees. Right. And they sleep almost the whole day. That's true. How about you, Grayson? Do you know anything about koalas? Tell me. You want to talk into the microphone? Yeah. What do you think about koalas? 
You have to say something. Lucas, do you got anything else about koalas? Yeah. What? <laughs> They're fluffy and they have large ears and they have sharp claws to climb trees. And they're super cute. That works. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. I think the super cute people are probably those little kids. They are super cute. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> you going to talk into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yep, that's Grayson. I like the comparison to uh, pandas. Yeah, that was right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lucas. Thank you, Grayson. You guys are awesome. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was really good. And thank you, everybody, again for listening. And until next time, be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.